We're turning in God's holy word tonight to the gospel according to Luke. And we're in the 23rd chapter, please. And with God's word open before us, let us ask God's blessing upon the ministry of his word tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the joy of being here tonight, for these lovely old hymns that we've been singing together, for the gospel message that they contain. What a blessing to our hearts. Thank thee for the sweet fellowship we are enjoying the one with the other and with thyself. And now, Lord, as we come to look into thy word, we pray for thy help. We pray that thou will illuminate the sacred page, that thou will enlighten our understanding and help us to understand the scriptures. We pray that thou will give liberty and freedom in the preaching of thy word, the Holy Ghost power. And we pray, Lord, that thou will give to us ears to hear what God the Lord hath to say unto us. Give us submissive wills and obedient hearts. Bless us now for Jesus' sake. Amen. Luke, it's Gospel, chapter 23, and we're going to read a few verses from beginning at the beginning of the chapter, the first one. The Lord Jesus has been taken uh, for trial uh, before the high priest. If you want to call it a trial, it was a great miscarriage of justice and he has been abused, and they put it to him if he was indeed the Son of God, and whenever he said that he was, for he says in verse 70 of the chapter 22, ye say that I am, that is, ye say the truth, what you say is the truth, I am the Son of God. And we find that they said what need we any further witness, for we ourselves have heard of his own mouth. Then in verse 1 of 23 we read, And the whole multitude then arose and led him, Jesus that is, unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar is saying that he himself is Christ the King. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the King of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest, again thou hast spoken the truth, it is correct what you say. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. <coughs> when Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Jesus, 
he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him for a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Then he, Herod, questioned him, Jesus, in many words, but he, the Lord Jesus, answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught, and mocked him, and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again to Pilate. And the same day Pilate and Herod were made friends together, for before they were at enmity between themselves. Amen. There we'll end our reading for tonight and look to the Lord to add his blessing upon the reading of his holy word. You'll find my text uh, in the first nine of the scripture we've just read. Then he, Herod, questioned with him, that is the Lord Jesus, in many words. But he, Jesus, answered him nothing. Jesus answered him nothing. Tonight I want to speak to you about a man who heard the voice of God but did not listen to it. But there came a time in the same man's life when he listened for the voice of God but he did not hear it. Such a man was Herod Antipas. He was a man who heard the voice of God in many ways and at many times. He heard the voice of God through the ministry of John the Baptist. It is said of this man that Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just man and unholy, and observed him and when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. So God spoke to this man, Herod, through the ministry of John the Baptist. And we're told that Herod feared John. He feared John because he knew that he was a man of God. And he knew that what John said was from God. And indeed, he was so moved by the preaching of John that he did many things that John told him to do. He put many things right in his life. He tried to make some amends here, there, and yonder. But, of course, at the end of the day, he refused to listen to the voice of God in that John's chief message was repent, repent. John began to preach repentance and his baptism was baptism unto repentance. So John told this man Herod to repent. God speaking through John told him to repent of his sin, to turn from his sin and turn on to God. But while Herod was willing to do a few things, he did not heed the voice of God 
speaking through John, he did not repent, he did not turn from his wicked way. So he heard the voice of God, but he didn't listen to the voice of God. He didn't heed the voice of God. He didn't do what God told him to do. But not only did he hear the voice of God through the ministry of John, but he heard the voice of God speaking in his own conscience. For we read that when he heard of the ministry of our Lord Jesus, that Herod feared, for he thought John had risen from the dead. But it would appear that Herod not only silenced John and the voice of God speaking through John by beheading John, but he silenced the voice of his conscience. For we find in this passage of Scripture before us, we find Herod acting as a man whose conscience is seared as with a hot iron, making sport of our Lord Jesus, and with his men of war, setting the Savior at naught, playing a game with him, moving him about like a chess piece. And of course they mocked and abused the, the Savior. So this man Herod, he had heard the voice of God speaking through John. He had heard the voice of God in his conscience. And what's more, Herod was a man that knew the scriptures. He was not ignorant of the Hebrew scriptures. But he didn't heed the voice of God in the scriptures either. He heard God's voice, but he didn't listen. But there came a time in Herod's life when he listened for the voice of God, but he didn't hear it. For our text tells us that he questioned Jesus with many words. And the Lord Jesus Christ is God. He's God manifest in the flesh. John tells us that in the beginning was the Word, the Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a little down the chapter he tells us that the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's the incarnation of the eternal Son of God. That was a reference to the birth of Christ, so that the Lord Jesus Christ is God the mighty maker of the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. He is the one who made all things and without whom nothing was made that is made. He is the one who was from eternity. In the beginning was God. It's not that he began in the beginning, but in the beginning he was already there. There with God and he was God, co-equal in power and glory, the same in substance. He is God Almighty, God manifest in the flesh. So Herod was speaking here and questioning with God, the great judge of all the earth. And he asked him many questions, but he met with a silent Christ. For Jesus answered him, never a word, never a word. You see, God had stopped speaking to Herod. He had cut off all communication with this man. 
and Herod never heard the voice of God again. The next time he will hear the voice of God will be in the judgment. When the one in whom he sat in judgment upon will sit in judgment upon him. And he'll hear the voice of God saying, Depart from me, I never knew you. So there was a time when he heard the voice of God, but he wouldn't listen, he wouldn't heed, he wouldn't do what God told him. But there came a time when God stopped speaking to this man. We're not told exactly when it was, but certainly by this time, God had stopped speaking, and the Lord Jesus refused to answer him. Never answered him a word. At this point, Herod was a damned man, condemned and undone, and on his way to hell. As we look this evening at this man, Herod, we will consider him in a number of different roles. First of all, we'll consider him as a typical character. For while this man is undoubtedly a very real figure in history, he is, if you like, an historical man. He is also undoubtedly a typical man as to his state of mind. You see, there are many who think, act, and behave just as Herod did in relation to spiritual matters. There are those who hear the voice of God, but they do not listen to God. They do not heed God. Do not heed God. And that's a very serious thing. Do not heed God. Do you know, sometimes we Christians, I'm afraid, don't always heed God. And God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. And we hear sermon after sermon after sermon. And the Lord speaks to us, but we do nothing about the sermon. We just go on our merry way as if God hadn't spoke. That's a very solemn and serious thing. Yeah. Sometimes I think we preachers should be like the old preacher of whom I read. He got up and he preached a sermon and it went very well and the elders and all of the church uh, well they praised him for his sermon he got up the next Sunday and he preached the same sermon so they didn't like to say anything but they thought the old man's doting <laughs> so he continued to preach it week after week until the elders got concerned and they got him they, they gathered around him and said Pastor, do you realize that you've preached this sermon X number of times? He says, I do. And they said, well, why have you done that? And the old preacher says, well, have you done anything about it yet? <laughs> he says, what's the use of me going on to something else until you do what God has already told you to do? But we Christians sometimes turn a deaf ear, brethren and sisters now, to the Lord. Now we're saved and we'll never be lost. But I want to tell you, God doesn't take that lightly. And if we don't listen to God, we'll pay some way for it. The chastening rod will come upon us. We don't heed God. Sometimes God speaks through his ministers and through his word to our hearts. We don't heed him. Sometimes he speaks to our conscience. We hear that still small voice within us 
guiding and directing us, but we don't listen to it. We disregard it. That's a dangerous thing to do. It'll bring the chastening rod. But in relation to the unconverted, if the unconverted man or woman refuses to listen to God, it will bring to them condemnation and wrath. And how often have the unconverted sat under sermons and they've listened to them and they've heard the word faithfully preached and they've been stirred and they've been moved and they've even made some changes in their lives, some reform, but they've stopped short of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And perhaps they've read their Bible for there are people, you know, and they may not be converted to Christ, but they are faithful in reading their Bible. I was speaking to a lady and she said about her husband, who from the day she married him, though he was a man, an unsaved man, and uh, not a very religious man, and he would come home intoxicated, but he would never go to bed without reading his Bible and saying his prayers, because that's what he was taught to do when he was a child. And some unsaved people do that. And no doubt if you're reading the word of God, you're bound to have heard the voice of God, but you don't hate it. Don't heed it. God has spoken to you through your conscience. Have you never felt convicted of sin? Have you never felt your need of a saviour? Of course you have. But you've done nothing about it. The years are rolling by and here you are, possibly tonight, turning a deaf ear to God. God says, repent, believe in Jesus. Time you were saved, but you haven't heeded him. And sometimes he speaks in providence to us, you know. Well, in every providence he speaks to us. Every providence carries a message from the Lord. And the Lord has spoken, and the Lord does speak to unconverted ones through sickness every time we take to our sick bed. God's speaking to us. Every time a relative or a friend or a neighbor passes away, God speaks to us. Every time we stand at an open grave, God speaks to us. In all these things, in all these ways, God speaks to us, but we don't listen. I remember a man coming to me, an unconverted <coughs> man, and for a while I was hopeful of him, but he seems to have slipped away again. He would come out to our meetings, so we never joined our meetings. Uh, but it got too hot for him, so he slipped back to the church that he came from, where he wouldn't hear anything. That would bother him. But I remember standing at a, a graveside with him. I was taking the funeral, and he was looking down into the hole. And afterwards he said to me, after, he says, that's a dark black place. God spoke to the man out of the mouth of the open grave, but he's still not saved to my knowledge tonight. At least I never heard of it. Didn't listen. God speaking. Oh, God speaks. Make no mistake about it. Oh, the heavens may not open, and we may not hear an audible voice in the sense that our Savior did, or Moses did, or the Children of Israel did at Sinai, but God speaks in these ways through his word, through his messengers, to our conscience, through providence, he speaks and he tells us to prepare to meet him. And we hear his voice. 
but so many do not listen. And so this man, Herod, he is undoubtedly an historical figure, but he's also a typical figure. And not only so, but he's set forth by God as a warning beacon, beacon to others. There are several such people in the Bible. Lot's wife, she's a warning beacon. You remember how the Lord Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. She was a warning. Warning to people like Lot's wife, who was connected through marriage to a godly man. And not only so, but related to Abraham, who knew the things of God. She would have been taught the things of God. She would have heard it all. But her heart was in Sodom. And though her feet got out of Sodom, her heart was in Sodom. And she looked back and she became a pillar of song. And the Lord Jesus uses her as a warning beacon not to set your heart in this world and on the things of this world. Even though it's where your feet is out of the world and you go to church and you've become religious and you read your Bible and you say your prayers and you live a clean life in many respects. But if your heart's in the world, remember Lot's wife. Lot himself is a warning beacon, a warning against backsliding, a warning against setting your face towards Sodom and pitching your tent towards Sodom and going down into the world. And we all know the story of Lot and what happened to him. The Bible leaves him in a cave and bereft of everything, his wife except his daughters, and leaves him there in an awful state. Judas Iscariot is a warning beacon against apostasy and so on. But Herod also is a warning beacon saying to men through the ages do not go the way of Herod for this way leads down to hell. And the great warning that comes to us through this man Herod is God's spirit will not always strive with man. God will not always speak to us. The day came for Herod when he listened for the voice of God, but he met with a silent Christ. This verse reminds us of the words of Proverbs chapter 1, verses 24 through 29. God says, Because I have called, and ye refused, I stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when stress and distress and anguish come upon you. Then shall ye call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. And so it was with this man Herod. He came to a point. God spoke to him. God stretched out his hand. But he refused the knowledge. He refused to listen to God. And then there came a day when he questioned 
the Son of God, to the mansion. God, of course, had ceased speaking to Herod long before this point in time. It was just that Herod was not aware of it. We're not told when this actually happened, but there came an hour, a time, a moment when God called off communication with Herod. That could happen tonight if there's someone here who has often heard the voice of God but refused to listen to it. God could stop speaking. And that happens. And you may not be aware of it. It may not concern you. It didn't disturb Herod on Julie because, you see, there was nothing to disturb him. His conscience now was seared. He was without feeling. He was able to go ahead and abuse the Son of God. And it didn't seem to bother him. It bothered him having John the Baptist executed. That bothered him. He didn't like that. He didn't want to do that. But because of his promise to the dancer, he carried out what he had promised. But he wasn't happy with it. But here he's happy enough to give his men of war, the Lord Jesus, to play a game with and to mock and to abuse and to set him at naught. It doesn't bother him, you see. And that's the problem. Whenever the Lord stops speaking to you, it doesn't really bother you. Now you can dance in the very borders of hell and it'll not bother you if God has stopped speaking to you. God stops speaking to you. You're as sure of hell as if you're already in it. Oh, Herod went on for a few years of pleasure before he faced eternity and unspeakable misery. Beware. Take heed. Don't walk the road that Herod walked. When you hear the voice of God, listen to it. Heed it. Respond to it. While the Savior in mercy is pleading, steer for the harbor light. For how do you know? But your soul may be drifting over the deadline tonight. Have you counted the cost? If your soul should be lost, if you gain the whole world for your own, even now it may be that the line you have crossed, have you counted? Have you counted the cost? But you know, this man Herod surely points us to a better way. When the captain of a ship sees rocks on which other ships have foundered. He steers another course, lest he too come to grief on those rocks. Let us therefore learn from the folly of Herod and resolve not to go the way he went, making shipwreck of our immortal souls. Where did he go wrong? It could be that he didn't recognize the voice as the voice of God. He thought it was just the voice of a man. Could be. But all the time it was God. He may have been like Samuel 
who heard the voice of God but knew not that it was the Lord. But it seems to me that Herod recognized the voice of God all right, but just didn't heed it, didn't want to listen to it. He didn't want to hear what God had to say to him. He loved his sin. He didn't want to leave it. He willfully and deliberately silenced the voice of God. That's not the way to go. Surely we ought to listen, recognize God's voice, listen to it, heed it, not just listen, but do what it tells you to do. Repent of your sin tonight and turn in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not willfully, do not deliberately quench the Spirit, but rather yield to him. Oh, listen, you do not have to go down that road. The Lord Jesus has gone all the way to Calvary that you may not have to go to hell. He shed his precious blood that you might be saved. He was wounded, Isaiah tells us, for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, it's true. We've got, turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus Christ became the sinner's substitute. He took the sinner's place. He died in the sinner's stead. He who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And he has provided a full and a perfect salvation for us all tonight. If we will believe, whosoever will may come and be assured that they will not be cast out. Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out, says Jesus. Come and welcome to Christ tonight. The Lord Jesus is the one you need. He is the beginning and the ending, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and end of salvation. And if you would be saved tonight, flee to him for refuge, who alone is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by him. He's died. He's provided a perfect redemption. He's offered a perfect atonement for your sin. And God will, for Christ's sake, forgive you and pardon you and cleanse you and wash you and clothe you in the righteousness of Christ and make you fit for heaven and adopt you into his family. Reconcile you to himself through the blood of Jesus' cross and take you at last to be with him for all eternity. But he asks you to repent. He does more than ask you. He commands you to repent. And he's speaking tonight again. You hear his voice. You hear his voice. Oh, do not imagine it's just a man speaking. I know I'm only a man. But so long as I'm preaching God's word, it's God that's speaking to your heart. If I'm saying anything that's not in this book, then don't believe it, don't hate it. You're welcome to turn a deaf ear to that. But 
Insofar as I'm speaking according to this book, God speaking to you. Don't silence his voice. This is another opportunity God has given to you. What are you going to do? If you feel troubled, if you feel disturbed in your soul, listen. Bless God, God is still speaking. If you feel the least concern about your soul, God is still speaking. He has not stopped speaking. When God stopped speaking to Herod, he felt nothing. As we have said, he could abuse the Son of God, make sport of him, mock him. And it didn't bother him. But if you're bothered at all, God hasn't stopped speaking. Take the opportunity. Repent while you may. And come and put your trust in Christ as your Savior. Don't harden your heart. Don't refuse to listen. Lest God will stop speaking to you. I trust that you will heed the warning voice. Make the Lord your final choice. Then all heaven will rejoice. Oh, be in time.